0: Love the way. Love the way. Love the way. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast for this week. Hope you're doing well wherever and whenever you are. Uh, so glad you would join us today for our podcast. Every week we have in person church, I record a special podcast only version of the Sunday teaching. And if you are new or visiting, make sure you check us out on Instagram, Facebook, our website, everyonechurch.com.au. Join the journey. Come and visit us in person. And I know I say it almost every week, but this podcast is not a substitute. It's a supplement. It's there for those who might not have been able to make it for various reasons. There's nothing better than being in the room. So make sure you join us in person sometime soon. Come and visit. I hope you've been enjoying our Elephants in the Room series. Uh, We use this term, elephants in the room, to refer to Topics, problems, people that are so obvious, yet no one wants to address it. And there are a number of hot topics that we don't talk a lot about in church life. So far, we've talked about a few of them being suffering and evil, end times. Last week, we talked about politics, and you can catch up on those topics in the previous episodes of the podcast. But it's funny how many of us could be in church for many, many years and never hear about any of these and we've talked about why that is it's because it's difficult it's not popular there are varying conclusions on all of them and can become very divisive and uh, often we just prefer feel good sermons and here's a huge one it actually takes maturity and humility to serve and love someone i disagree with so we'd rather just not talk about our disagreements you know uh, just kind of leave it over there and and it just forms an elephant in the room. But I genuinely believe we can find hope in the midst of difficult topics and we've learned as we've been tackling some of these difficult uh discussions uh, that we aren't just here to defeat these elephants in the room and figure them all out because a lot of them we'll never figure out completely but in some ways we we learn to walk with them and God uses these tricky parts of life to help us to grow us to teach us more about him to be honest. It's like we become friends with the elephants in the room. And God's Word is there to help us navigate difficult terrain. So as with every other week, uh, we start off by reminding us of our ground rules, because we don't want to just open up cans of worms and cause distraction and division and arguments. So we've called these our five rules for wrestling an elephant, and they are, number one, always point to Jesus. We want to point to him. Number two is we don't aim to just be right. We aim to love. We aim to love one another, right? Not just argue with one another. Number three is that we trust God and learn to live with tension. There are going to be tension topics uh, in life, tension experiences in life where we look at God's Word and some things might not make total sense to us at this point. Well, that's where we need to trust God. Number four is don't be lazy. Don't think that just because you've read two lines of a Wikipedia page that you're an expert on a certain topic. Uh, don't even just take my opinion for it. You know, like Truthfully, go and study. If there's something that you want to know more about, find some good, godly, Scholarly resources, trusted resources, and dig it out, man. And don't forget to read the Bible too. Hey, amen. Which brings me to number five: Don't do it alone or just on YouTube. Which is a bit of a tongue-in-cheek comment, but sometimes we can just get caught into the YouTube rabbit hole, the Facebook Watch rabbit hole, the TikTok Instagram rabbit hole, and and before we know it, we're disconnected from reality. When God calls you to live in a context with people, He wants to use the people around you to help achieve His purposes within you. And uh, hey, don't go rejecting the godly community. And trusting some guy on YouTube that you don't even know, right? They might be trustworthy, but you don't know. God has called you to live in safety in a community, a godly community. Amen. Which brings us now to our next elephant in the room, which is, it's a big one, miracles. Here we go. Shalom. Me? Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. Do you want to be healed? Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. So let's go. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. I'm not sure if you've ever watched The Chosen series, which you can get for free on your phone and all that kind of stuff, but obviously The Chosen takes some liberties and adds details to the biblical stories that aren't in Scripture, but I still love it a lot. and uh, It's a great uh, scene there of, of a retelling of the story from John 5 where uh, a crippled man is healed uh, beside the pool, and he stands up and he walks, and all the religious leaders get all fired up about it. But hey, our God is a miracle-working God. He's a miracle-working God. We see it all through Scripture, great, amazing stories of God's miraculous work. But often, the elephant in the room can be what we perceive to be a lack of miracles in our midst, particularly in our Western church. Uh, And there's lots of of opinions about that. Like, have you ever been in a healing meeting where it just feels uh, like forced and contrived, or you've asked the question deep within your soul, did anything really happen in that meeting or, or, or and sometimes we're a little scared to question but i don't think it's sinful to question God I, I i don't think he's intimidated by our questions at all it's not like it's the wizard of oz like you're going to you know pull back the curtain and he's going to go oh no you you caught me no God is real he is powerful and i think with genuine authentic curiosity we we can ask things of him but there's a few things i want to clarify first and then we're going to get into some practical encouragement for us as christians today let's just get right into it. Number one, does God do miracles today? This is an important question, because some people believe that the miracles we read of in the in the Bible, especially in the Gospels in the New Testament, that they were only for that time, uh, that the time of miracles has passed, and, and they were just God doing miracles for a specific time to achieve specific purposes. Now, I want to be very, very clear on our position, not only my position, but our position as a church at Everyone Church I believe, we believe that the Bible is clear that miracles can happen today, and miracles do happen today. I believe in miracles. I believe in asking for miracles. I'm not ashamed to ask God for a miracle. I believe God is active in the miraculous amongst His people. Don't doubt it for a second. God is working miraculously in your life, even now, even today. I love what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 12. He says, When I was with you, I certainly gave you proof that I am an apostle, for I patiently did many signs and wonders and miracles among you. I love that verse because this is Paul talking about miracles happening in the church after Jesus, right? This is the New Testament church, and I I I love... Uh, that he says he patiently did miracles. Sometimes, you know, we just want things now. Uh, When we don't get it now, we freak out. Like my kids, when they want a snack, they just freak out if I say not now. But listen, not now doesn't mean never, right? And I think we get the point here that God does miracles today. Yes, he can. Yes, miracles happen. Number two is what is a miracle. This is another important question, because, you know, the dictionary defines a miracle as an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. Now, I would broaden that a bit and and say, you know, a miracle really is God doing anything that we are unable to do in our own strength. You know, getting a great parking spot at the Norellan Town Center is not a miracle. (laughs) I'm sorry. Sometimes it might feel like it, but it's not. You know, we aren't here to call coincidences miracles, Okay. I want to clarify that today because due to our doubt and fear, we often downgrade what a miracle is. Or due to our longing for specific types of miracles, we overlook God's miraculous work in our lives. Like, let's not overlook. Let's not downgrade. Like, hey, God doesn't need you to exaggerate for Him. And many of us today seek God for miracles, quote unquote, that are actually just things that spur out of our selfish nature. Or things that we could be fixing ourselves right now. I love how James just lays it down in the book of James. He says this in chapter 4, verse 2 to 3. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it, verse 3. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Dude, Brother James, tell us how you really feel, right? (laughs) So what is a miracle? Things that I literally cannot do in my own strength. Not things that I should be doing or things that God has already provided a way for, right? Like, for example, God, I need a miracle in my health. Well, now, look, sometimes we really do. Absolutely. Sometimes we need God to intervene. But oftentimes, we already have the blessings of God to make positive health choices, right i know we don't like to hear that right but please oh please god help me with my marriage and sometimes we do need help in our marriage sometimes we need miraculous intervention things that, something to happen that we cannot do in our own strength but oftentimes i would say a vast majority of times we have all the tools to help us to take steps in the right direction within our marriage like forgiving each other or asking for forgiveness I know there might be wives listening today saying, a husband asking for forgiveness? Like what? Or humility? Come on. Hey, please, God, I need help with my my finances. And sometimes we do need help. Sometimes we need a miraculous intervention from God for provision and wisdom. But oftentimes, it's simply mismanagement or not prioritizing God in this area of our life. Like we long, particularly in our Western world, You know, comfy, consumeristic church. We long for the sudden, miraculous work of God in our lives, often because we're lazy. Please hear me today. Out of love for you, I'm a pastor. I'm talking to myself too. I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. I'm not here for pep talks. Uh, And for many of you listening to the podcast today, Maria and I are your pastors. There is grace upon grace for us. Amen. Yes. And God makes miracles out of mistakes. Absolutely. But God is not a vending machine for your lack of taking responsibility. I know that can be really painful to hear sometimes, right? It's like, oh man, dang it. Because we would love the suddenlies of God to happen and just void us of responsibility and undo all of our bad habits. And Sometimes we overlook the slowlies of God, the step-by-step, the little-by-little. The victory after victory. We just want it all to happen now, now, now. Oh, man, I've fallen into that trap so many times. Pleading with God for something that I just need to grow up and step into. Asking for something that God has already won for me. Lord, I, I want to know your word more. Well, read it. Oh, I-, I-, I want the hungry fed, Lord. Well, feed them. Lord, I, I want a I home for a widow built. Well, do it. How about this one? What is a miracle? Well, there are times God will use you to be the miracle for others. Now, that's a miracle, right? That's just a side note. That's why I love missions so much. It's a miracle work. You want to get into the miracle works of God? Start emptying yourself for his cause in the earth. Come on, somebody. I'm hearing amens through my headphones. Also, you know, we often box miracles into the category of like healing and physical things. And there's so much more miraculous things that God does outside of that all the time. I love what Augustine says. He says, I never have any difficulty believing in miracles since I experienced the miracle of a change in my own heart. Wow. How's that for a miracle? A selfish, angry, headed for hell, spiritually dead sinner, saved, transformed, changed by the miraculous work of Jesus. Now that's a suddenly of God, right? What about the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit, how he equips us and empowers us to live for God, how he gives us spiritual gifts? I mean, one of the gifts is working in miracles, (laughs) one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How about that? How He unites us together. Now, that is a miracle, that you and I would be united together, that we would be in a family of God together, Panthers fans, Bulldogs fans, West Tigers fans. Oh, my goodness. People from Penrith, Canadians, people from Cobbity, Camden. Minto, <laughs> and and Harrington Grove, all getting along together. Come on, one of my favorite Bible verses is in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. It says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Now that is a miracle. God is working in you and me, changing me, making me better, making me more like Him. Jesus said in John 14, verse 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. Now, Jesus is referring to the post-resurrection move of God that would be centered around people being born again and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. People in Jesus' time were looking for signs and wonders that they could see, and Jesus would get annoyed at people. And, and you know, we're, we're still the same today. Often we get caught up in the moment of a miracle, and we forget the maker of the miracle. Does God do miracles today? Yes and amen. What is a miracle? Something that only God can do. The number three is, what is the purpose of a miracle? Well, miracles are meant to point you toward the person and provision of God. Miracles are not about financial gain or me gaining profile or popularity, uh, me avoiding maturity like we just talked about, and responsibility. No, miracles point to God. You think about the Israelites when they were moving toward the Promised Land and and they were in the wilderness and traveling toward that Promised Land. They had stacks of miracles. In fact, you know, they lived in a season of the miraculous, for years and years and years and years, walking through the Red Sea, manna from heaven, a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. But as soon as they entered the promised land of Canaan, look what happens in Joshua chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. The very next day they began to eat unleavened bread and roasted grain harvested from the land. Verse 12, no manna appeared on the day they first ate from the crops of the land, and it was never seen again. And from that time on, the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. The miraculous provision of God in the wilderness was to take them to the promise. That was the purpose of it. They went from living through the miraculous season to living in the miraculous provision of God. The miracles weren't the promise. They were for the journey. This is the the principle we're learning here from God's Word. Now, we fast forward to, to Jesus. Often, Jesus' miracles were acts of compassion, and they were referred to as signs and wonders signs that point to the coming kingdom of God. Jesus was accused of, of, of uh, using sorcery once by the religious leaders, and he, he, he replied to them. He said, these are signs that the kingdom of God has arrived among you. That's what the miracles were. They were signs and wonders. Miracles aren't the promise. They point to the promiser, right? Miracles are meant to point us toward God, C.S. Lewis says, Miracles are a retelling in small letters of the very same story which is written across the whole world in letters too large for some of us to see. I love that. You know, Sometimes we're going to be focused on the little thing, like right now, what I want to see right now. Give me something physical and tangible. And we're missing the big picture of God's provision of who He is and where He is taking us. Amen? Amen. So does God do miracles today? Yes, absolutely. What is a miracle? Something that only God can do. What is the purpose of a miracle? The purpose of the miraculous is to point us and others to the provision and person of God. Number four is, what causes miracles to happen? Now, this is a big question. We're going right for the elephants in the room today, right? It, it's important to ask this question because we tend to make it all about us, about my faith and my desperation, please hear me today. God does miracles. It's Him. It's not me. It's not my effort. It's Him. And there are a lot of miraculous things that God does without any human involvement, like creation, for example. And yes, there are miracles that happen in response to our faith and desperation. It's both end. We need God. We are nothing without Him. Nothing is impossible for Him. Like I heard a well-known preacher say once, Jesus can work through anything except your unbelief, as if my unbelief is stronger than Jesus' ability. And he was quoting from uh, where Jesus was in Nazareth in Mark chapter 6, verse 5 to 6. And because of the, it says this, and because of their unbelief, he, Jesus, couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Now, just a note. It actually says right there that he did some miracles. <laughs> so, but does God move by faith? Yes, He does. But sometimes God even moves just because He wants to, because He has something to achieve in that moment. Like that clip we heard from the Chosen. It's a retelling of, of a story from John chapter five. Let, let's read it together. In John chapter five, verse six and seven. Listen to this: When Jesus saw him, that this is the this crippled person. When Jesus saw him and he knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Verse 7 says, I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Does that sound like faith to you? Does that sound like a, yes, I want to get well? And it was like, I can't. (laughs) Or how much faith did Lazarus have when Jesus rose him from the dead? Come on, I'm just trying to chip away at some of these bad doctrines that we get taught that it's all about me and I'm not receiving something because I'm like not believing enough. No, no. There can be a tension here between the ability of God, the will of God, and the timing of God. Okay, there's a tension here. We have to trust him. God's will is God's will. He has a plan that is higher than my own. And there I, I honestly believe some people in like the real kind of um word of faith circles, they they believe that it's it's shameful. It's like it's a cop-out to say, Lord, your will be done. There is no. Jesus said to pray God's will be done. There is no shame in believing and praying for God's will to be done in a situation. Like we talked about suffering, our, our first kind of big, hot topic. And there are times when God calls us to walk the road of suffering. Sometimes he has something great to achieve in us through it, a greater good. And the miracle is that He is there with us. Come on, He is enough for us. Often we're chasing miracles because God Himself is not enough for us. We, we we need God and we need some sort of thing from Him. Come on, we're not chasing the blessing, we're chasing the blesser. And we can't fall into the trap that our faith is just external results based only. Like, like what is the purpose of your faith? Well, in Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So this would lead me to believe that the underlying purpose for my faith is to please God. That means anytime I use my faith toward God, it pleases him. It's pleasing to him. And it's interesting if you read Hebrews 11, all these heroes of the faith, the whole of faith is what we call it. Uh, all of them never totally received all that they had faith for, (laughs) yet their faith still pleased God. So what am I saying here? When you believe God for something, a miracle, a breakthrough, you're just trusting Him, it pleases Him. And even if you never see the totality of what you're believing for, that faith still pleases Him. Oh, like, oh, I was believing God for healing, or, or a child, or, or, or this and that, and I never believed it. What a waste of my faith. It was all just worthless. It wasn't good enough for my faith. No, no, your faith was not wasted. Hear me today. Your faith is pleasing to God. It is worship to Him. So why not dive all into chasing God for miracles, for chasing God for breakthrough? No, seriously, why not? If He is able, if He loves us, if He wants the best for us, what is there to fear? Because it is Him we are chasing. It is f- it, Him in faith that my, as I chase Him, it is pleasing to Him as I reach out to Him in faith. So where does this leave us today? Where? What does this mean for us as Christians today? Well, I, in this area of miracles, I believe we should do a few things. Number one is we should trust God. We should trust God. Trust Him. He knows. He sees. It's in trusting Him that we find peace. It's in trusting Him that we find hope, trusting His wisdom, trusting His word, trusting His ability, trusting His character, trusting His provision. Sometimes we can be stubborn and not realize that God is working through miraculous provision around us, like our our church community, doctors, parents, and we're just sitting there going, I want it my way, I want it my way. We have to trust Him. Come on, we have to trust Him. It might not look the way you were thinking, but we have to trust Him. Amen. So trust Him. Number two is we got to ask Him. we got to ask God. Trust God and ask God. Ask Him for miracles. Ask Him with faith and desperation. Ask Him with a pure heart. Ask Him without fear or shame. Jesus says in John 15, 7, But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Come on, let's not drag this verse out of context either. This is not a vending machine verse <laughs> where we just go, oh, bit of faith, in and then I get this. No, in context, Jesus is talking about himself being the true vine and how we are connected to him. And this is where trusting and asking are so clearly and closely linked, right? Because when I remain close to him, loving him, and trusting him, it actually greatly affects what I ask for from Him. Uh, those close enough to the vine will not wish to ask for anything not in line with the vine Himself. You know, often it's the person who, you know, is really disconnected from the Lord that you know is like asking Him. It's like, hey, well, the first and foremost, you need to be connected with Him. Come on, you need to be connected with Him. You you got to walk with Him with trust and and full surrender. Amen. So we got to trust God. We got to ask God. And number three is we got to keep asking God. Don't give up. Not now doesn't mean never. Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter eleven of a guy who who bothers his friend for some bread in the middle of the night. Oh man, I have like such relation to this uh, to this story because my kids bug me in the middle of the night sometimes. It's like, oh my goodness, you want to experience someone at their most grumpy? disrupt them in the middle of the night just as they fall asleep oh my goodness and it says that this guy he says hey give me some bread and and he and this person says no <laughs> but the friend keeps bothering him and he eventually gives him what he asked for and Jesus concludes this parable this story with the famous verses in Luke 11 uh, verse 9 to 10, he says, And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And and, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. God is God. He, he's a God who hears persistent prayer. Because there is faith in persistence. So trust Him, ask Him, and ask Him again. Amen? Miracles. And hey, maybe you have experienced disappointment in your asking of God. Maybe you asked God for a healing of a loved one, and it just didn't happen. Maybe you have been pleading with God for um, relief in an area of your life, a breakthrough in an area of your life, and it hasn't happened yet. Well, I believe God, I believe it's a miracle itself, actually, that he provides us with peace in the midst of times of waiting, in times of worry, uh, in times of questioning, that he is with us there. He is the miracle worker. He's the miracle himself. So I want to pray for you today that you would experience God's peace, that you would experience all of who he is, that you would have that sense of being connected to him as the true vine. You know, sometimes we can just want things from God and, and miss the whole purpose of being with him, being with him, walking with him. Amen. So let's pray as we close today. Lord, we come to you, the miracle worker, and we thank you that you are good and that you love us. And Lord, we bring our impatience to you we bring our questions to you we bring our imperfections to you lord we bring it all to you and we just say in a fresh way we trust you and lord we ask again for breakthrough we ask for healing we ask for these miraculous things not because we're impatient and we want things now but because we love you and trust you and we know that you can where else could we go but to you In Jesus' name, I ask that your peace would rest upon every person that is struggling in these types of areas. And Lord, I pray that our faith would rise, that in hearing the word of God, that faith would rise in us to to cry out to you again and again and again for what only you can provide. In Jesus' name, and we'll give you all the glory. Amen. Amen. Miracles, miracles, elephants in the room. We have one more to go next week, which I'm not going to tell you what it is because you might not listen. All right, because it's a big one, but we're going to go there next week. I hope you can join us. Come and be with us in person, and I hope you have a great week, great day, wherever you are, whenever you are. Thanks for joining us today.